Hello and welcome to the Outdoorpreneur Podcast. In this podcast, we'll discuss all things entrepreneurship, small business and startups, environmental issues, and athletic pursuits in the outdoors. Oftentimes, we'll discuss the intersection of all of these things and how they work and complement each other. Our podcast is brought to you by Cold Case Gear. Cold Case Gear builds ultralight and ultra-insulating outdoor accessories. They use aerogel insulation to protect all of your essentials. Whether you're lining up for a class 4 rapid or you're finding a hidden backcountry powder stash, Cold Case Gear has got you covered. Untether from temperature with Cold Case Gear. The, what, gets you, what gets you going is taking a leap, being just dumb enough to think that you can do it. Um, is probably one of your best assets uh, when you first start. All right. So welcome to another episode of the Outdoorpreneur podcast. We are here today with uh, Matt Gurton of Borealis Volco out of Minneapolis. Matt, thank you for coming on and joining me today. Yeah, man. Good to be here. So for those who um, who don't know um, what you are doing out there in Minneapolis, you want to give a little background about um, who Borealis is and kind of your your inspiration to to start it. Yeah, sure. Um, so we're uh, we're just a small company and we're making um, outdoor slash. Um, uh, athleisure or, or you could call it lifestyle wear kind of crossover uh, category wear um, of merino wool so and we specialize in kind of high quality lightweight and sustainably sourced merino wool um, which we uh, source from New Zealand and Italy and a, a number of other uh, places across the globe and yeah, so we're uh, you know we're making garments. We actually cut and sew everything here in Minneapolis uh, in the area. So we've got a couple of different uh, vendors who we've been really fortunate to uh, connect with and uh, and work with to to create different uh, different components of our of our range. Um, and yeah, so you know we we have a pretty small range, but we're planning on releasing some new. Uh, some some pretty cool new colors this spring, and we've got some new stuff coming online for the fall. This last year's been uh, crazy from uh, supply and uh, and just the whole supply chain and production uh, aspect. This last year's been uh, been a lot of delays and such. Um, but uh, as far as the the inspiration goes, um, I just I always I've always loved merino wool and just wool. I don't know. There's something about it that just always has made me really just feel good. Um, just the fact that it's a natural fiber, that it's uh, renewable, that it's biodegradable, uh, all of those aspects. But just uh, just the the creature comfort of it, um, wearing it, you know, and just using it every day. I was just it was like the most common thing in my wardrobe, and um, you know, I just uh, kind of had, uh, I think I was just one of those scenarios where I just had a little bit of time. I had, uh, sold, uh, an interest in another business, another, uh, outdoor green industry business I had been a part of. And I had just like a little bit of money and a, a very little bit of knowledge and, uh, uh, enough kind of blind courage to just like, Oh, I think I was going to try to do this thing. And, um, then I was basically, I dove in and, and I was kind of like, okay, now point of no return, I guess it's full send here. And, um, it's been, it's been a hell of a journey. Just, uh, the whole process of it is I've just, it's been super interesting and, and really, you know, learning so much and kind of coming into the industry cold, um, without a background in apparel, but with a little bit of background in design, um, yeah, it has been just like, just, you know, uh, epic lesson after epic lesson that uh that some of them hard learned and 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 then you know the victories uh very you know very hard won victories as well so yeah there's a lot there's a lot more to talk about but you know it's that's that's kind of the nutshell i would say of it yeah yeah oh, awesome man um so you mentioned you had a bit of a, a design background what what was that in what did you use to design 
Well, uh, so <laughs> basically I was working as a landscape designer and, and I still am actually, that's, uh, that's my primary, um, that's my primary business right now, to be totally honest, that is my bread and butter. And I'm, I'm basically trying, I've been essentially self-funding this business, uh, from the very ground level, every, pretty much every mm-hmm. dollar aside from like, like some very small investments from benevolent people in my life, just you know, minor stuff. Everything's been basically my own bootstraps. And so I'm hustling, you know, the, my other day job, um, doing this, but, but yeah, so, so landscape design, which, which seems like it's such a far cry, right. From, from everything, but, um, from, from clothing and people tend to bring that up, but there, there's, there are principles in design that, um, that translate, you know, there's so many details and so many specifics in the rabbit holes of different fields, of course. But um, the the macro principles, I think, really, really apply, you know, balance and proportion and shape and form and color, texture, all that stuff. Um, you know, it, uh, it, 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 there's, the, these are universal aspects of design, I think. And, uh, so it, it's a bit, of, it's, uh, you know, a, a crazy stretch, but, um, and then I've always just, I don't know, I've always just loved, I haven't been a person who shops for a lot of clothes in my life, but I've always really, really thought clothes were important. And just like, I, when I find good clothes, I just absolutely love them, you know? Like, I don't know, everybody's got their favorite shirt mm-hmm. or their favorite jacket or pants or whatever. Um, and I'm probably, you know, no different than everybody else in that regard. But um, I don't know. I just think there's there are layers to um, why clothes are so important and so interesting. You know, they're such a fundamental aspect of our life, right? They're just like, they're as, you know, food, clothing, and shelter, right? There's nothing much really more fundamental as far as uh, material things in our lives. So if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be not necessarily a minimalist, but like uh, have a simplified approach, um, you know, wool, wool is the great is, is really just the natural go-to for that. You know, it's just like, it's, it's kind of nature's minimalist uh, fiber and, uh, and gift to us is how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, today, just there, the the clothing industry. There, there's just so much, and it's this thing where you know you got to get the new, the newest style, or you know, diff, different color, like whatever. There's so much that like just keeps on um, getting introduced to the market, and then you know, the old style wall's not good enough anymore. Now it's got to go to the landfill and rot away. And you know, that that's the nice thing about wool is that um, it's durable. It is, you know, naturally odor resistant, so you can wear it, you know, over and over again. I mean, I remember many, many years ago when I was living in Minneapolis and I had one of your, like one of the original um, prototype shirts. I mean, I wore it on a two week long road trip and didn't have to change. And, um, you know, so it's, it's nice in that regard because, yeah, it does a lot. It does a lot of really good things. I mean, I think if you're going to, if you're going to launch, launch a business and you want to do some good, you know, starting with what you're putting on your body, like that's, that, that's, that's pretty, um, that, that, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, you know, what you said about design where, you know, it might seem like a little bit of a stretch to go, um, you know, from landscape design into apparel, but you know, you, you did have a, have a basic um, understanding of all of that, um, just the de- design principles, um, as, as you said. And I'm I'm curious what your what your learning curve was like as you started to like okay, let's <laughs> sketch out these these first designs. Was was it was it you drawing out the the designs and like the tech packs, or did you have help on that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you bring up so many good points right there that have a lot of different um, tangents and, and cool, cool uh, avenues to to uh, to think about, really, you know, like and and the way like design itself is 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 in the is in the form and the function of the thing. But the design is also inherent in the processes involved. Um, and uh, 
yeah, basically the, the the whole process by which the thing comes about, right? So people think of that more as maybe engineering, but I I kind of think that as that as a, as a design aspect as well. Um, but there's yeah that that just sparked a lot of interesting thoughts, but we can maybe circle back to. But um, yeah, as far as the uh, yeah right, like here's this, uh, <laughs> this landscaper guy, and he's like, okay, he's gonna now he's gonna design some fashion. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Let's see see what he see what that's gonna be like. But uh, yeah, you know, it was it was uh, <laughs> I had some good people. Um, it was a real st- huge steep learning curve. Um, but I had some good people. I found. Um, I found a cool uh, shop locally here um, that I worked with um, who they were like a kind of a one-stop fashion uh, and production. Basically they were, they're geared towards helping you. If you're like an entrepreneur or a dreamer, you got an idea. It's like, they're kind of help you bring from the, the, the concept into the, into the actual uh, production. So um, they, they kind of, you know, there was, there was a lot I learned from them. There was some handholding there that of course they were going to walk me through. And, and basically, you know, I said, I would come in there with like a couple of my favorite shirts. Right. <laughs> and I'd be like, here, this is what I, this is kind of what I want. You know, this is, mm. this is like basically a model of what I'm looking for. And then I want to make this adjustment or that adjustment. And, um, overall, here's kind of the, here's kind of the vibe, the spirit that I'm, that I'm going for with the, with the whole aesthetic. And they, then they would, yeah, then they had, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of great fashion designers out there who, who are, uh, who are, who are just out there and doing good work, you know? And, and so they would pass it to the desk and then we do some technical sketches, then, you know, the whole process, right? Like the whole process of, um, of creating prototypes. Um, I actually did all of my own fabric sourcing, um, they helped with, um, uh, sourcing of trims and things, all the little tiny things that go into it, the threads and stuff like that, which I've in turn learned a ton mm-hmm. about as well. But the fabric I was, that was kind of like the, the fabric itself was, is them is like, is, is what these shirts are, you know, it's really about the fabric right. that, that we're using. Um, whereas, you know, you could make this shirt out of, the shirt that, shirts that I have, you can make it out of any number of different materials and, you know, it, it would just, uh, you know, it'd just be a different shirt. Um, but I think our, mm-hmm. our, our fabric is, is really what is really what the standout is. And so, yeah, I, I, I did all that sourcing, you know, um, traveled to New Zealand, met with farmers, um, the sheep station people. I stayed at a sheep station, kind of went on this crazy, this crazy trip. And like, it was amazing. And, um, yeah. So learned a lot about, about that, but, uh, yeah. Um, gosh, you know, the learning curve was, <laughs> it was like, a, it was like highs and lows that I could have never anticipated really. <laughs> I mean, there were, there were moments where I would get this, this thing, this, this first prototype in my hand. And I was just like, Oh man, like this is it. Like I'm going to sell out of these instantly. It's I, the game is one, right? Like it's, it's pretty much right. game over. It's a success now. Right. And you know, you'd have this first flush of success of seeing that tangible, that tangible product and uh, getting to wear it and, and, and share it with friends and things like that. And it was, it was phenomenal. You know, that was such a cool, um, a cool aspect. And then, and then like a week later, like you'd realize they had like the wrong needle settings on your first run of production. There's like <laughs> tiny holes down the whole side of like a hundred shirts, you know? And you're like, you guys were supposed to know this, right? And, you know, but it's just, it's a whole organic process of, again, it's like if you were working with spandex or polyester, it's indestructible. Like it's also mm-hmm. never going to decay. Also is petroleum based product, you know, which, Hey, it is what it is. It maybe has its place. Um, but with wool, it's like working with it is something not a lot of people know how to do really, honestly, like working with mm-hmm. fine quality wool, there's, there's just a learning curve even for the professionals within, within that realm. And so, um, so I, I, I feel like, um, yeah, there's, there's like, like I said, a series of highs and lows that just kind of keep coming basically. And the lows that you felt would crush mm-hmm. you then, 
now you take them a little bit more in stride and, uh, and, uh, you know, find ways to bounce back a little quicker, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like after man, so <laughs> once you get, you know, dealt a blow, like you said, like you, you know, they use the wrong, use the wrong needles or something. You kind of, after you deal with a, a few of those, I think you, you start to learn that you got to maybe set your expectations a little bit, a little bit lower. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to hope, hope for the best, um, prepare, prepare for the worst. And just that, you know, you don't, you don't know what, what you don't know. And, um, so you were, you know, solo founder, you started this on your own, correct? I did. Yes. Um, and so, man, yeah, I mean, you know, going out to New Zealand and doing the fabric sourcing. I mean, what what was that like in those early days when you were trying to figure out, you know, um, what like what to get, who to even get connected to, um, and I mean, how did how did all of that work for you? Oh man, yeah, <laughs> that was a that was like a, a a hilarious time in my life. Kind of looking back <laughs> at it, to be honest with you, it was. Uh, it was hilarious, but I think for a lot of reasons, um, just the fact that I had nothing, I had nothing to go on. I was like, you know, I was easily just brushed off or blown off as probably like completely a joke. Right. Like, and I, I called mm-hmm. around, I, and it's, it's like finding wholesale, like quality wholesale fabric suppliers. Uh, it isn't as easy as you think it is at first. Right. Like there's just so many dead ends and they're not like listed you know, there's various somewhat directories and various uh, trade organizations and stuff like that, but they're just super opaque because if you're not in the industry and you haven't like come up in it or have some sort of connection in it, uh, yeah, it, it can seem very much like you don't know. You're just throwing darts into a, like a black room, basically. You don't know what the heck you're even looking for. Um, but I just, but I did, I had a concept. I had, I had, I had the enough of, 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 of an idea. I had it crystallized in my mind of like, okay, I know this exists out here, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. And mm-hmm. uh, how did I find the first connection? Well, it was a company in New Zealand that turns out is like the company, right? So I, I found them, gosh, I, I honestly don't even remember, but um, I somehow got them to send me some uh, cards with fabrics on them, right? And like, I was like, yeah, this is Matt with Borealis Woolco. Like, yeah, it's my company. We're going to, you know, you try to just, you basically, you try to bluff it, fake it till you make it as much as you can mm-hmm. so that people are going to give you the time of day and 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 not think right away that you're going to waste their time, which you probably are, you know? So, um, yeah. So, so they, I got these fabrics and when I did, that was really, I think what, when I got that in my hand, that was like when I grabbed on to the, the whole, the whole, uh, concept, I think it, when it became more real for me and I was like, okay, wow. Okay. So this, this amazing fabric, this is the best fabrics I've ever seen as good as anything that's out there. And it turns out that, yeah, this company is one of the global suppliers and there's only a handful of them out there, uh, who basically like Mm -hmm. one of the patterns that they sent me, it was like, Oh man, this looks a lot like a shirt that I have from a, like another intelligent wool company. Right. And, uh, I was like, okay, I think I'm getting into the right league of things here. Um, but then after that whole process, they wouldn't, they, they apparently, I didn't speak the lingo, right? So I, I didn't know what MOQs mm. were or what, uh, what salesman samples are or what minimum co- color code quantities are or all of this stuff, what GSM, what, mm. what, what microns are. And so they wouldn't return my calls. They wouldn't return my emails. Um, yeah, they were just, you know. I probably wouldn't have either. I was like, this guy's mm-hmm. not going to order. Like he's going to waste our time. He's not going to put, be putting in like six figure orders, like the rest of our clients. And, uh, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> but that's when I basically, that's when I basically said, okay, well, I'm just gonna, 
I'm going to go to New Zealand. And if, even if it doesn't work out, like I'll at least have a cool story. I get to travel. Um, and then somehow I landed a meeting with them and, uh, I actually was able to sit down in Auckland, New Zealand with these people at this table with this, like where all the, the most amazing wool is, 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 uh, fabricated. And, uh, yeah, basically that was, that was kind of like, I felt like it was a breakthrough. Wow. Yeah. That, um, that definitely seems like a little bit of a, of a victory moment. You know, you go from not, not returning your calls and, you know, I, I've been there by the way, when I didn't know what MOQ and those things were like, how many times do you think you've Googled just like a ridiculously simple definition? So you know how to get back to get back to a factory. Um, but so you find yourself, you find yourself out there in, in this meeting and then, man, did you get struck with um, like imposter syndrome? I know that's a thing that I, I definitely, definitely suffer from. Boy, boy, boy. I knew you were going to bring that up. Damn. <laughs> that's like the salty wound, you know, it's, it is, mm-hmm. it really is, you know, like, uh, you know, it never goes away. I don't think either. Um, you know, these things like, I like that saying, I don't know who said it, Bill Gates or somebody, um, you know, people tend to overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and then underestimate what they can accomplish in 10. Right. And so it's really hard in this day and age. It seems like there's so much pressure to just, um, Oh, just blow up your company, you know, blow it up with like, uh, tons of ad clicks and revenue and just who cares how much you're paying for your customers. You're just now your revenues are in the, the six, seven, eight figures. And then you, you know, IPO cash out, boom, golden parachute. I'm done. Oh yeah. on to the next thing. Right? right. Um, to me, it's so, it's so, um, kind of distasteful, you know, like that process never was really what it was about for me. Um, you know, of course you want to make a living, uh, and you want to, you know, you want to get rewarded for your work and, and, you know, the marketplace is going to tell, you know, if you, if you've created something of value or not, but <laughs> honestly things that sell, like it doesn't really, the marketplace is, is so out of whack these days. It, it really doesn't matter if the thing that you sold is, is created or sold is, is of any value really. Um, of course there are, of course, yes, there, there are cases where, yeah, you created something of value and it's like, it's just on fire in the marketplace, but look at all the, look at all the junk and it's how it's sold. It's, it's, it's schlocked, you know, by this, the, the way that the ads are and how it's marketed and how it's you know, click baited in front of you. Um, yeah, you're talking about how there's all this, yeah. The the marketplace is kind of saturated. Um, I think is where we were, where we got disconnected. Yeah, and and you know the imposter syndrome and 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 all of that. Um, yeah, and I I know I've got my little rants I go on, you know, about the marketplace. And there's there's just so much stuff that's created that does it make the world a better place? Well, okay, you know, maybe not, maybe maybe not. Um, but it's like, I just think there's a huge disconnect in the market now between value and speculation and it's value is incredibly subjective, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's what we, I guess we all get to decide. And, and that's interesting. It's an interesting thing, but, but I think value to me is something, um, longevity of, of a concept, you know, longevity of a product, uh, of a brand, you know, to me, longevity, I think is, is definitely more important than, um, than growing quickly and unsustainably or even growing fast, you know? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think just, you know, this, the old fashioned idea of like, if you, if you stick with it, you create something that's good quality, you know, you, you, you don't, you're not afraid to put it in front of people. Um, you know, like mm-hmm. night, like all of our sales are word of mouth. Like we literally, and I know this isn't something I really, it's not something I brag about because I want to, I want, I know this has got to change for us to like get into a, 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 you know, to be at a level where I'm going to be able to sustain myself with the business, but you know, we'll have to advertise, but all of our sales right now, we just passed, surpassed, um, 1000 customers. Um, and you know, it was a small victory, but it was literally, it's all been organic, all of it. 
like we've spent less than a thousand dollars on marketing in in the four wow. years that we've been doing this. And you know, I like to think of it as um, you know, again, imposter syndrome is very tough because I'm like. I'm literally probably only able to, with, with my work demands and having to actually work my my main job to to fund everything and keep everything going um, and to pay support myself. Um, I, I probably I kind of was thinking about crunching some numbers. I feel like I probably only spent about ten percent of my actual time on this business in the last four years. Wow. So I have to kind of, I, I really create that, uh, I kind of calibrate it there and say, okay, I, I, I eventually, you know, I have a plan to be able to focus 50% of my time and then 80% and then, you know, but until then, mm-hmm. I think definitely the imposter syndrome is strong because I'm just like focusing on product, but I'm like, you know, my social media is kind of silent. Like, um, you're not seeing any real ads or content that's being created by us. We're just kind of slowly head down, grinding away, like building inventory, learning this, learning the industry, learning the trade, and focusing on those simple things that the, the, the simple um, uh, items that we have that people seem to really like, and we're having a hard time keeping those in stock. So, uh, mm-hmm. so the, all the metrics are good, you know, our return customer rate, all that stuff. So it's like, okay, it's a good product, but still, you're um, you know, when you're wearing all those hats, when you flip over to like your dream job and you put that hat on for a second, you're like, okay, got to do your glow up. You got to get your game on, you know? And, and it's like, man, it's hard. It's hard to do that after a day of like, you know, dirty fingernails of like out, like building, mm-hmm. building patios and stuff. And, uh, and then, and finding the energy not alone, but then also believing in this fact that like, okay, yeah, it's, it's something that's worthwhile. And, um, you know, just got to keep, keep getting those base hits, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you guys have been able to really build a a pretty, pretty solid foundation um, of, of loyal customers who, you know, really, really like your stuff. And it's especially like the, you know, wall apparel business. It is a very, very uh, crowded arena. So, you know, the bigger, bigger chunk, you can take out of that without having to, you know, spend, you know, all this crazy, you know, marketing dollars. Um, you know, I think, I think that that's really solid. And then you, you know, you eventually build it up to a point where, um, yeah, you're able to sustain yourself and employees. And, um, you know, if you're having a, having a hard time keeping inventory in stock, it, it definitely doesn't make a lot of sense to, you know, spend all of this effort on marketing, and maybe so that you can, you know, feel like you're, you know, you're wearing the hat of the the CEO, um, or or whatever, um, you know. And, and I have to say, I think it's, I think it's admirable that you're, you know, that you're not doing this full time, but you're you're still putting time into it. I I think a misconception that people have when they want to work for themselves is that, you know, you're gonna have all this freedom and you can you know, work whenever you want, however much you want, but it's, you know, like basically just going to be, be all the time. Um, yeah. And again, you know, the quote, I, I don't know who said it, but um, you know, I'd rather work 80 hours a week for myself than 40 hours a week for, um, for someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's very, it's very true. Um, it's, it's a constant, it's a, it is a constant uh, effort and it's definitely not a nine to five. And there's another saying, um, <laughs> I don't know if I can find it, but it's like something about trading your nine to five to like uh, uh, seven to seven, like five, six days a week or something like that. Um, but I can't find that right now, but yeah, it, uh, it definitely is. Uh, you know, I mean, there's different ways to approach it. I know um, definitely there's so many different ways to approach it. And and my way was uh, just one, you know, and it's probably not definitely not the easiest way. I think a lot of people would have maybe criticized me and said, hey, you know, you had a good concept. You had this, you had that like going. Um, people really liked your brand. You should have like sought some funding and then do this. I'm, I'm just really I'm really, really skeptical of, of debt and uh any investors that I would be be held into, 
um, beholden to. Um, and, you know, not to say that's not a good thing. I just, for my mind, just based on my, some experiences in life and stuff, I just, I want to kind of be as free and clear as that as possible. And, um, and yeah, just kind of get that organic base and, you know, it's going to take longer. It's just going to take more time to do. Um, but, but yeah, I can kind of see the, I can see the, um, the light at the end of the tunnel slowly, slowly bit by bit. That that's awesome, man. You know, there, there's no, there's no one path to, to take on, on all of this. And, you know, I think that's, um, that's something that I do. I want to get that message out there because, you know, for me, I, I did go the path of, you know, finding investment and, and all of this. And, you know, that, that's fine. That that's what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, you, you use the word um, beholden. And I, I find that interesting because I, I caught myself probably a year and a half ago, you know, thinking about, um, you know, when I own my own business, I won't be beholden to anybody and caught myself because even if I owned a hundred percent of my business, you're still beholden to people. You're at the very least beholden to your customers who have come to expect quality product. And um, you should be beholden to yourself to um, no matter what, you know, do, do, do things in, you know, in, in ethical, in an ethical way that you, that you can be, that you can be proud of. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, yeah, I, I, um, I, I am curious. So you, um, I'm sorry, Matt, go, go no, ahead. No, no, please, please. Um, you know, I, I find it, I find it really interesting that you've, you've done what you've done and been able to you know, kind of keep, keep the ship afloat um, with really, you know, no advertising and marketing. And I'm, I'm curious what your take is on uh, kind of the, the current state of marketing where, I mean, you can be talking about something and then you get an advertisement on your phone, you know, within 24 hours. And, uh, at, you know, as you are able to kind of you know sit back and, and look at that landscape and how that changes, um, just like what what your take is on the current state of marketing ethics. And then, you know, if you had your, your perfect vision of how you would want to go about that in a way that made you feel good. Uh, I'm just curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, gosh. Uh, it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting landscape. It's, it's, it's kind of ever changing, um, and evolving really quickly. And it's such a, in, in this digital environment that we're in, it's so incredibly, uh, specialized as well. Um, there's so much technical knowledge that goes into, um, into this stuff. And it's just, you know, bleeding edge of it is, is like, uh, is like just this deep rabbit hole that you can just never get out of. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, so I've definitely, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of digging and researching, talked to a lot of people, you know, I've like done little trials of, of real, just simple, simple trials of things here and there. Um, you know, I do think that the right approach is, um, uh, it's tricky, you know, like there's so think about all the emails you get, like all and but the thing is, like everybody thinks of this stuff differently. Everybody has a different mm-hmm. tolerance, a different perspective on that. And what I think, I know that I think in a certain very specific way about this stuff, and that I I, I don't want to get stuck in that thinking. Um so you know, um I don't know. I think it's, it's good. I don't really know, like, as far as ethics, like I know there's places that send me way too many emails and I unsubscribe. So I'm just like, why did you do that? Just tactically, it seems like a, a bad move to just overly inundate people. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, you know, as far as other ethics, like, you know, there's definitely lots of different ways you can craft a message, um, and how you tell your story of what you're doing. And, you know, um, I never really, the thing is, you know, the ads that work the, the most, the most effective ads typically tend to be ones that sort of kind of hook you with like some kind of anxiety or fear or, um, some kind of like, uh, yeah, just some sort of like vague, like, uh, vague negative emotion. 
at first, right? It's like, okay, there's like the problem, that's the problem. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to be the ones who solve that, or we can kind of figure out a solution. But you know, that's like this, that's the timeless age old formula of, um, of, of marketing, of, of crafting uh, a marketing message. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, the thing is, is like, there's a million different ways to interpret that, but you know, definitely there's places, you know, it's funny, man. You know, like I think of places like, um, these places that send, sell on like infomercials and things like that, like uh, like, like the My Pillow guy, for example, right? Yeah, <laughs> that guy. He's from Minnesota, actually. I think um, he sold like a, a gazillion My Pillows, and all they are, as far as I can tell, is just like a bunch of recycled refuse polyester from like uh, 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 memory foam mattresses stuffed into a sack. And like, I mean, there's probably more to it than, than that, but, um, you know, and then, but he just, you know, this, the message is just like hammered and hammered and hammered. This, my pillow is going to change your life. It's going to, you're going to sleep better than you mm-hmm. ever slept. Here's my promise to you. It's like the sun, moon and the stars to me. That's just so, so like, uh, I don't know, just, you know, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's like. People respond to it. Obviously, that stuff really works. And he's able to just get people hooked with this mesmerizing sort of um, nonsense, essentially, you know, is what it seems like. But maybe people really just aren't sleeping good. And he's just like, he's the guy who's going to solve it for him, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But um, I guess our approach is just, is, uh, it's just going to, you know, it's a lot simpler. And again, we don't really do much right now because we're just, we're still, we're, we're putting together those, uh, those plans and I've got the, basically the template for it, but just like engaging your people in an honest way, you know, and trying to find a mm-hmm. fun way, a creative way about a, a way, you know, some kind of value to put in front of people. Um, and if they really like your product, they're actually going to want to hear about you, you know? They're going to want to see you do well and they're, they're going to want to see you grow and, and see more, more of you. So kind of ramping up to that line where it's like, okay, now you're like, okay, you've, we, we see you, we see you now. And then, then they can quickly turn, you know, I think people can quickly turn, turn off too, you know, and just be like, Oh, that's too much. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I was just right before, but so, you know, trying to find that balance of, you know, getting people on emails and, and social media and, um, engaging with, with different fun things, which I've been thinking a lot about, which we can talk about on a separate, on a separate conversation too, actually. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But marketing, man. yeah. Yeah. That's a whole full-time job in itself. You know, yeah, it, it's something I don't, I, I'm definitely not, not a marketing expert and it's, um, yeah, it, it it's tough because I, you know, you want to, I want to, I find myself, I want to like lead lead with the product first. Hey, you know, we have this great product that we want to sell versus, Hey, here's this message. And Oh, right. There's a product that's attached to it, but you're, you know, you're buying, buying the message a lot of the time. Um, so I, I recently had a conversation with, there's a, a service that I was looking at um, to do some like social media campaigns and um, they really wanted me to sign up for um it's like a text messaging service basically hey you know you get 10 percent off your order if you give us your phone number and agree to let us send a text message and i found it i found it interesting that the word that was thrown a lot around a lot was um like conversion you know these convert really well and i will i never hear about you know perception sure <laughs> people are gonna get this text message and maybe it's gonna lead to revenue but how does that affect the perception of my brand? Mm-hmm. Because if I like, I also don't like getting a bunch of emails. And if I start getting messages on, on my phone about buying stuff, like mm-hmm. that, that to me, that's enough to say, I'm never going to buy this product again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, no, that's funny because, um, uh, that that's been uh, discussed too in conversations I've had with, uh, with some, some people who I'm, who I'm close to and who, who know, who know a lot more about these things than I do. Um, and, 
I feel the same way. And, and it's a case of me getting stuck in my perception a little bit because it turns out like there actually are people who like to get this stuff and, and not to, not, that's mm-hmm. a bad thing. I think everybody is just in such their own separate, uh, world, you know? And so making that assumption of what other people, you know, perception of your brand, I totally agree. Like I, I, I'm very like allergic, I think to like doing things that I feel like, Oh, you know, that's kind of, uh, salesy, too salesy for me. But, mm-hmm. um, I feel like guys like us who have that, that sort of aversion, it's like, we have to push in the other direction a little bit because, uh, you know, like from what the data shows and, and what, what the, the feedback that I've heard is that, uh, well, your assumption is your assumption, but you know, it may not really be reality. It may not be accurate for a huge segment of the population. Um, Mm -hmm. who's, who's totally cool with it. And they're like, wow, that's awesome. Like I just got a, a super great promo on my text, you know, and, uh, uh, hard for me to really, yeah, kind of, you know, do the gymnastics of getting my head in different head spaces, you know, to, to, to be okay with that. But I think, you know, you do, you've got to push that. You've got to be willing to push that a little bit. And, uh, if you want to succeed and, um, you know, be willing to like, uh, see, see where that takes you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you gotta, gotta learn to kind of divorce yourself a little bit from your own from your own outlook um on life because yeah i mean it's you know it's great you have these ideas about how you want to run your business and it's nice for you know um you or i to sit back and say yeah we don't want to get text message marketing and you know we feel all this way about it but then you know i might talk to 90 percent of your customers and like they want that and so (laughs) it's yeah it's just it's hard to it's hard to wrap your brain around um so you know, just a few more, a few more things before I, I let you go. Um, I am curious if you have, you know, be, being a solo founder, do you have, um, do you have a, like a network that you reach out to for help? Do you have advisors? How do you, when you don't, when you don't have the answer to something, or you know, when you don't know how to do something, do you have, do you have people in your corner that you look to? that are able to help you out uh yeah that's boy that's a really good idea (laughs) um i do have a (laughs) i do have a few people i think my network is like kind of criminally underutilized um because i do know of of some really great people in the space um you know that i'm connected with that that uh that every time i make the time for a conversation it's always like sparks are coming out, you know, like all kinds of different ideas. Um, but, um, in fact, uh, that you mention it, like I, and again, it's been a time and bandwidth thing where like, I would love nothing more than to have, be able to just like segment time and be a man. That's so important. I think it's so impactful too, right? Like to, uh, to just keep the ideas flowing and keep inspiration going, especially when you're in your own little silo as a, as a solo person. Um, but, uh, so anyway, something that's on the, uh, that's on the kettle in the kettle right now for me and for, for us is like, um, we've been, um, well, I've been participating in these round tables with the, um, with the save the boundary waters coalition. And, um, so mm. you're probably familiar with them friends of the boundary waters, mm. Northeast Minnesotans for wilderness, amazing group of people, um, um, incredible work, incredible focus. And, uh, and, uh, um, just the, just the, the results and the traction that they're getting, their community is, is, is phenomenal. And it is, again, it's, it's one of those things that's like this, there's some, there's some latency to it all that there's just like so much potential within all that. And there's so, so many passionate people. And so one thing we're working with the business coalition is like the small businesses that are, have been sort of tangentially somewhat in support of, or somehow involved with, and there's a, there's a list of Oh, I think there's like 200 businesses in Minnesota that are that are connected. Mm-hmm. So we're working on um, slowly but surely, and I think there's a goal for like for for end of summer to to really kind of bring one of these projects to 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 the fore. Is um, but yeah, basically, uh, I've been connecting with these business owners, and we're trying to tighten up that network and get get these conversations happening more um, to see where 
you know, there's so many aligned incentives, so many, um, so many of people dealing with similar things. Um, there's, you know, lots of just wisdom, knowledge, passion, you know, talent going on there that, um, that, yeah, that's, that's, I get super excited thinking about that. Cause I, I can see my, see myself in the future. Like I, I want to grow into a bigger role in that right now. It's like, I'm kind of like mm-hmm. wearing, you know, it's like one more hat on the, on the freaking pile, you know, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but that's, yeah, that's something. I don't know if, if you are aware of some other networks, but there's, that's huge. I think if you, if you're doing this kind of thing, I think you can, you can, uh, you know, you can just basically go so, so much further and faster if you have other people and a team of people in the background to talk to. Yeah, no, no, def- definitely. Um, yeah. What uh, the saying something, you know, like if you want to go, uh, you know, far, go alone. Yeah, or, go fast. Go I can't remember how, how that go fast, go alone. Yeah. yeah. But do you, Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just so true. Um, it's so important to, yeah, to have, to have other people out there, um, in your corner and that, you know, share, share similar beliefs. Um, the, the last thing that, that I want to touch on, um, you can take as, as long or as short as you want to, to answer this, but you know, the journey of starting your own business, I mean, one at one is never over, but what, what do you think the, <laughs> the 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 mental health side effects of being an entrepreneur what uh, uh what's yeah. the damage look like there wow yeah dude what is the damage holy cow uh assessment is still pending um yeah there's a certain you know i would say uh, maybe it's too strong a word but like masochism where you're like okay yeah i'm just i'm just gonna you know a certain tenacity that you have that you're yeah, you're able to take punches, you know, like you're able to take a punch over and over again, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's just losing money on something that didn't work out or just wasting time on things um, that techniques that you wanted to try that, you know, didn't work out you know, how you wanted. Um, it's, it's really hard and it's hard to, um, you know, I think that that's, that's the barrier of entry for, for this kind of stuff that, 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 that really is the the test, you know, of of if you if you're able to uh, to to sustain that and able to endure endure that, I guess, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's uh, it is an endurance thing, and you know, there is some truth to the idea that if it doesn't kill you, you know, um, it'll it, it, it doesn't kill you today. Well, you, you know, you, you haven't made it to the end of the week yet, so. <laughs> 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 no, no. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good way to look at that. <laughs> uh I, I joke though, you know, it's uh it's a great it's a great it's a great question though and um uh yeah, I think you you have to be willing to again, you have to be willing to to embrace that challenge, embrace the the really really like difficult uh environments that it, that you're going to end up going through to some extent, you know, in terms of the stress or the, um, just the, the mental challenges of, of, you know, mental toughness of how to, how to get through and, and, and get over a challenge. Um, but yeah, I think that's something you got to have. You got to be able to, and, and you got to be able to stay balanced and healthy enough to, to be able to keep your head on straight and, uh, you know, keep your marbles, uh, keep your marbles where they belong, you know? <laughs> so. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so yeah, the last thing is, so given what you, you know, you've just said, what would you, what would you say? What's your advice to someone who's out there, um, listening to this and, and they want to take the leap. They want to jump into the fray and, and start their own business. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think you're, you're never ready. That's a cliche people say, right? You're never ready. Um, overthinking will kill you because the, what gets you, what gets you going is taking a leap, being just dumb enough to think that you can do it, um, is probably one of your best assets, uh, when you first start, because if you don't, if you're not dumb enough or, or naive enough about what you don't know necessarily, um, 
you know, or the flip side of that is if you don't have enough hope and faith and, and a, enough of a dream and passion um, to just to believe in, um, you, you know, you, you never you, you'll never know. You'll never know. And um, so but once you once you take that leap and you're in the pool, you know, you're like, OK, now I can learn how to swim and I can learn how to do this. And uh, so I, I say, yeah, it's it's great. And there's no failure. Failure is a state a state of mind. Failure is never a final thing. Everything is a lesson that you can learn from. And it, it don't be too attached to whatever it is that you think the outcome is. You have to be really attached to it to like push it and push it and push it. But at the end of the day, you have to kind of be detached from it um, at a certain level mm-hmm. to be less like, hey, you know, because it's not guaranteed. You're not showing up, punching a clock guaranteed to get your paycheck at the end of the week. Um, so, uh, that journey though, um, I don't know, it's, it's worth it. If you, if you, if you're thinking about it, you know, you regret more not taking that, taking that plunge, I think, than you would say, Oh shoot, I never should have tried that before, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. Yeah, no, uh, very, very well, very well said. You know, I, I like to tell people if if, uh, if you're not failing, then you're not trying hard enough. So <laughs> get out there and, you know, don't don't be afraid to fail. Um, so, Matt, let people know where can they where can they check out Borealis? Sure. Um, so, yeah, definitely, you know, www.borealiswolco.com um, is our site. And so, you know, we've got all our products there. We're, you know, primarily direct to consumer. Um, and we've got an Instagram that's, that's, uh, you know, kind of active here and there that probably you will see some more things from the future, Instagram, Facebook. Um, one of our really great partners who I want to just put a plug in for too is, is garage grown gear. Um, who, uh, the people behind that are just top notch people. And they're such a great little company. Uh, It's growing quite, quite, uh, quite fast over the last year. Um, they, they carry uh, a range of our products as well. Um, and so I like to always throw them out there cause there's, they carry up a, a whole bunch of different small cottage brands that you can discover and, and, uh, support local brands with. So. All right on man. Hey, it was, it was great talking to you. And I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, yeah, what's to come with Borealis, man. So, yeah, thank you for taking the time to chat today. Thanks, John. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. All right.